Hi, welcome to another episode of the Flying Tortuga Brothers podcast. The Flying Tortuga Brothers are artists Carl Stoveland and Shannon Torrance, who are endeavoring to be named artists in residence on Loggerhead Key in the Dry Tortugas National Park in September of 2020. This podcast is a series of interviews with artists who have done residencies and interesting conversations with people who can help along the way. So grab a cup of coffee or your beverage of choice, sit back, and enjoy the show. This episode of the Flying Tortuga Brothers is brought to you by Camping Florida Keys. Camping Florida Keys is the premier rental equipment outfitter for camping Dry Tortugas National Park and the Florida Keys confidently and comfortably. So reserve, relax, and return your gear today to minimize planning and maximize your vacation. They can be found at CampingFloridaKeys.com and all the usual social media outlets. Hashtag CampingFloridaKeys. Enter podcast into the promo code on the website to receive a 10% discount. Hi, everyone. As a special treat this week, we're going to start this week's episode off with the world premiere of one of Shannon Torrance's new poems, Penance. Enjoy the poem, and then we'll start the podcast. So Shannon, tell me the name of this poem and maybe a little bit about it. So the name of the poem is uh, Penance. So basically it's about when you, when you travel and you, you're hiking and you see, you know, people stacking rocks along streams or in the middle of the desert or, um, and sort of in, in Florida here, um, people, when they're hanging out on the beach, um, especially if they're there all day, they will take driftwood and build these structures with them and, you know, dig them in deep into the sand. And then they'll find pieces of textiles and, you know, weird ribbons and things that are bleached out by the sun. They'll tie them to them with find old fishing line and, tie shells to those and they end up becoming these sort of art forms that are just on the beach made out of um, found objects, usually trash and things like that on the beach with driftwood. I don't know. Something is very appealing about that to me. They, a lot of times they look like they could be um, in the Himalayas or something like prayer flags. When you tried to remind it, uh, when you tried to uh, explain it to me last week, that was what had come to my mind was the Himalayan prayer flags. So yeah, that's basically um, kind of how this poem originated was thinking like that. And I had decided to do a painting, which I'm about halfway done with now, like a little painting, much like that sea turtles painting that I did. So, and I thought it could be the cover of a book or something at some point. Well, I certainly can't wait to have the poem and the painting paired, but what we do have now is a world premiere of Shannon Torrance's latest poem, Penance. Penance. I know it's true where I reside is beautiful. My wife constantly reminds me of this fact. However, I long to be free from this land of leaf blowers. I do know I'm blessed. I have more than I deserve. I felt ashamed to stand in front of some of you, knowing you have less through no fault of your own. Still, with all I have, my soul aches, and I just wonder what creates this wonderlust in some of us. Was it some aspect of our childhood? While some will stay in their state forever content, some of us must roam, run. I most likely ran first, first to my room, then to the Navy. I ran to London at 22 with a sea bag 
the same sea bag that I had in the Navy and a one-way ticket and $200 U.S. to my name. I flew out of Miami to my American Airlines flight connection, which was in Dallas. From there, I called my father in Jacksonville to tell him of my journey, so proud. And all he could say was, you need to tell the pilot he's going the wrong way. Early morning once, on a sidewalk in Norfolk Square, Paddington, England, London, I walked in the fog as thick as pea soup, and a man emerged from it about a foot from me, wearing a full-length black wool coat. He said peace as he passed me by. I turned to catch him being enveloped into the swirling fog, himself as much an apparition as I. But aren't we all ghosts, really? Wanting to be witnessed, leaving driftwood stick structures on beaches that fly strips of tattered colored cloth, sheets, sails, and flags from long-deceased pirates, pennants of exclamation, rocks stacked in the desert or along mountain streams, graffiti on walls. It's all the same, saying, look, look, I was here, I existed. Thank you. Really good. I enjoyed that one a lot. Hi, and welcome to another episode of the Flying Tortuga Brothers podcast. I'm your host, Carl Stoveland, along with my sidekick, co-host, and all-around good guy, Shannon Torrance. How are you today, Shannon? I'm doing great, Carl. How you been? Oh, you know, traveling a little bit and getting ready for a big trip. We're both heading out to Pastures Green, or maybe not green, <laughs> but certainly different pastures for a couple of weeks. So we thought we would sneak in one more podcast, Sands interview, and just give an update on what we're working on. Yeah, I'm headed to New York for a week. which will be The Big Apple. Yeah, it's going to be fun. Probably going to try and take in some scenery so I can do some night paintings of New York, Ooh. at least a couple. One of my favorite things is taking night photos in the city, so I'm sure you'll love doing that. Yeah, I have my eye set pretty heavily on uh, Brooklyn Bridge, possibly night night painting. Couple, couple, couple of places, couple of places. Good vantage point for that. Obviously, if you're on the Manhattan side, is the uh, Fulton Street, the Fish Market, uh, but very, very crowded. I was able to photograph it at night in January one year. And it would normally even still then have been very, very crowded, but it was after one of the big storms where downtown New York had been completely underwater and lost power for weeks. And the fish market actually was closed for a while, and that's when I went there. So I got run of the place and really got to set up my tripod and really got some great shots. So if you do need reference photos for later, All right. just give me a yell. I'll give you some of them. Okay, sounds good. I'm also um, looking at the Flatiron Building, of course. Um, One of my favorites. From the vantage point, maybe, of where Steichen took his monumental photograph. Yeah, so it would be Washington Square Park, I think. Yeah, I think so. So, yeah, yeah that's, and of course at night, so. Very cool. Yeah. I will try to get some rural stuff um, in Woodstock. Cool. Well, you know, uh, I love your bucolic stuff, so I can't wait to see it. Yeah, trees instead of ocean and sand dunes and and Everglades and yeah, well, nature is nature. It inspires yeah. me like crazy. Yeah, I just I just love mountainous woods, forests, kind of things to as well. 
Yeah, that was my uh, that was my July. That was my late June and July was the the woods. So for for me, my traveling is my wife and I are celebrating our thirtieth anniversary in October. And since Wendy has put up with me for that long, we're going to go on a cruise. So we go to Barcelona and we'll be there for three or four days. And then we're cruising for nine days, one day at sea, the rest is every day. There's another city on the Dalmatian coast. And then we'll be in Venice for four days. You're taking dog bones, I'm sure. For the Dalmatian coast, of course. Yes. How did I know you were going to do that? (laughs) Because I'm Shannon. (laughs) So we will be off the air for a little while. Probably we'll get back to recording, I want to say, the third week in September. So you'll have to go back and listen to the back catalog, or uh, you can also switch over and listen to my I Am Lake Worth podcast, where I've got like 30 episodes in the bank. So you could try that, too, if you're really desperate to hear our voices, or at least my voice. True, true. And when we get back, we'll be looking at having a whole raft of other guests lined up. Um, I'm actively working on applications for residencies, and Shannon, you're working on grant a, proposals and a Golden Foundation residency for the second time. And uh, yeah, I'm trying to find out if they're going to have this nature show at the uh, Cultural Council in um, February. Yeah, and then once we know, that's right in both of our wheelhouses, and it would be great to have that on the application for Dry Tortugas 2020, which, by the way, folks, they have the National Park Arts Foundation has opened up the applications for Dry Tortugas in 2020. The application is due in February, and we will take until probably almost the last minute because we're going to be recording audio and we're going to be recording video and cutting something together for the application to have something really, really great to show off. Sure, sure. And um, yeah, I think the the more we have that's completed, uh, the better that application will be. And so we're not sure of our new, some of our new guests yet. We're just still working on those. So yeah, we have one or two that we are pretty sure we're going to get. And then the rest has been word of mouth from our guests who give us recommendations. And then it's just a matter of lining up the time. I don't want to be too aggressive since we're going to be away. So I'll start really lining those up once we get back. Maybe I'll keep in touch with one or two and try and have it the week we get back, something along those lines. So what do you think your favorite place is going to be on your journey, Carl? Well, I've been to Rome, and I love Rome. Um, And I know I'm going to love Venice, having been there before. Um, I'm really interested in Nice and Monte Carlo, so we'll see about that. Um, But I have a feeling that my favorite's going to be Going to be Venice again. Cool. My aunt had a Monte Carlo. I don't know what my niece drove. <laughs> oh, Shannon. <laughs> I know. Always with this. But um, that's, that's a quick mind really wasted sometimes, you know. <laughs> oh, yeah, for sure. For sure. I wake up at night thinking of these things. Um, yeah. So in New York, I'm going to do this Soroya room. Um, Sorolla is the way it's spelled. I'm going to get a private viewing which I think is going to come in handy. I've decided I probably will try to undertake a large painting while we're on the island. Ooh. Um, in addition to the small ones. And I'm also doing the, if, if there is a nature show at the council, um, I will be doing a large painting for that, which I've posted pictures of that frame on my Instagram, which is just, it's a, it's a behemoth of a frame. Yeah. Yeah. It dwarfed you. I saw the picture. That's really kind of cool. So seeing that work will give me a real insight into how to paint quite large 
Um, he was considered the Spanish master of light. So the light that he's painting is going to be much like the light we will have on a sort of deserted island in the middle of the Gulf. Very harsh, bright, clean light. So um, it'll be interesting to see that on Tuesday of next week. I find that when that light is, it can be hard light when it's clean. It still works. And I, I think about like Cape Cod when I went every year. Even in the middle of the day, I could get away with taking photographs with the overhead light where you can't do it in a lot of other places because that light is crisp. Mm-hmm. And it really still gives some definition and some pop. Yeah. What about if you're going to work that large, what medium are you going to work in? Are you going to stay with acrylic? Yeah, the acrylics go a long way. They really do go a long way. Um, and the, But the, I think the biggest thing will be the substrate that I work on. Mm-hmm. What, I'm gonna, what, what will I be able to take that I can... I'll probably take a roll of canvas. I don't work on canvas generally, but take a roll of canvas and figure out a way to um, stretch it once I'm there, you know, whether it be, it doesn't have to be absolutely perfectly stretched, you know. Right. You can always go back and restretch it when you're going to frame it. But that way I can roll it up in the evenings because the sun will bake it dry. Oh, absolutely. Um, Especially if it's acrylic. Yeah. And then re-roll it, unroll it the next morning to paint again. I can do some large things. I was going to say you can't pull off that kind of size in watercolor without really, really having a pristine room and flat paper and a real, you know, it's 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 so tricky that even the heaviest papers buckle when you're working in that kind of size and you need a gigantic brush and a giant bucket of paint in order to get the skies in fast enough. and True. Otherwise you end up looking like you did it in crayon. Yeah, I think I would probably do the the gradation of the sky would probably happen in the evening sometime when it's when there's not a harsh sun, mm-hmm. and I would um, probably do it based on what I'd seen that day or from memory, and then and then sort of work over that once it was dry. But yeah, the big big spots of color I won't be doing in blasting sunlight for sure. Yeah, you, you almost end up always when you work in that kind of bright light, just a little bit too contrasty and a little bit too. You don't think it's dark enough and you keep going and then you look at it in normal light it's like hmm <laughs> yeah absolutely i've fallen for that a couple of times when i was out out painting um painting plein air yeah you you have no idea until you when you see things that you it's actually pretty astounding when you when you see things that you paint outside um inside they're so much brighter there's so there's so much more life to them than trying to paint things inside um from a photograph or something, there's just a, a different quality to the to the to the colors that you mix. You're absolutely right, and I'm a fan of doing the best of both worlds, which is having a small pan of watercolors with maybe 10, 12 colors and paper, and painting quick and loose outside, and then maybe taking a reference photo for structure, but getting that down quick and easy, and turning it into a painting later. Sometimes the sketches far out sing the finished painting for me. Oh yeah. I was at the Oklahoma um, museum a couple of years back and they had this beautiful, beautiful painting of this plateau and the, the, the terracotta colors and there's a storm clouds coming in and it's absolutely, and it's massive. And next to it, they have the gentleman who painted it's uh, tiny little study that's done in watercolor mm-hmm. on a little five by seven piece of paper you know, and the study blows the painting out of the water, I think, because it's just so much more um, life to it. Life to it. Yeah. I saw that. I was in Albany at the, um, 
I think it was a state historical society has a museum in it. And I'd gone with a bunch of friends. There was a pretty expansive show of Hudson River School painters in Albany because that actually, that society owns a lot of those pieces. Not only were they able to borrow for the show, but they had a lot in storage. And they had a lot of the documentation that goes with them. So I saw four or five of the big ones, especially the maritime ones where the, the sketch was done in oil on board mm-hmm. in smaller than eight by 10. And it was just astounding to see that level of detail in such a small piece and then see it room sized. And nine times out of 10, I really loved the little sketchy piece better. I have photographs of um, the actual painting and the study. Maybe we should post those on our, on our page so listeners could reference it. Yeah. Let's run it up as a blog post. Okay. I'm ready to write another post anyway, so we'll do that. Okay, that sounds good. I'll send you that. Okay. So you're working on the Golden Foundation application, and you're going to be playing in New York. I'm going to bring one camera. We've ne- My wife and I have negotiated one camera <laughs> while I'm on my trip, but I'm also going to bring a pan of watercolors and a pad of paper and a couple of brushes and play around. So that'll be my artistic efforts there. And as far as the residencies go can't remember if we talked about this last time, but the ones I've applied for so far are the Big Cypress National Preserve. So think Clyde Butcher's backyard, but the entirety of the preserve instead of his 40 acres. And that would be over this coming winter for two or four weeks. I haven't really ironed that out. And the other one would be at Chalk Hill Winery in Sonoma. And that one would be almost a mini version of what we're doing as the Flying Tortuga Brothers. There's no internet in the farmhouse that you get to stay at in the middle of the vineyard. They do have internet, but you have to go to the office down the road. So I would be working off the grid purposely for up to a month, two weeks or a month. I haven't really worked that out either. Again, the applications are in, I haven't heard back. So, you know, fingers crossed everybody, keep thinking good thoughts. But that would be a little version of the bigger project and would even be included as part of the final film. So it would be the same sort of thing isolation and being cut off from the internet where you and I use it to promote our work every day and also as a lifeline with other artists. So I'm interested to see what happens. That'd be cool. Yeah. Yeah. So my fingers are crossed that I get one or both of those and toes and fingers are crossed for loggerhead key. Obviously I'm still looking for a couple of more that I'm interested in, uh, which I'll be applying for as deadlines come up so we'll see what happens yeah the fear is that you get them all and then and then they're all overlapping so you're never home well no if i got one i'd want to figure out how to make it work so yeah especially since i only apply to ones i really 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 want to do that would be a little bit tough coming months let's see we're gonna we'll be back and active in the area in mid-september and we'll have a month month and a half left of hurricane season so in south florida it's always Let's see what the weather's doing. But what do you plan on being working on into the the new year? More of the same or is there a direction shift coming up? What do you think? I'm going to be honing my craft pretty much. Um, I don't know how much sharper you can get it. Oh, you can always get sharper. Believe (laughs) me. If you you have my idols and role models, um, you can always get better. Um, Winslow Homer and... William Mary Chase and um, Child Hassam and these amazing painters that I really admire. I mean, 
they blow me out of the water, really, if you if you look at them. But um, well, I do my. I'd own rank you thing. right up there with them. But I do, I do my own thing, you know, and my look is different. But um, yeah, you're always learning, you know. So um, what I'll be doing is uh, pretty much trying to just hone my skills. Um, I plan on being a part of the um, Lake Worth Farmers Market this year. Oh, excellent! That's a great venue for you. Yeah, I found um, it's been rather difficult to find um, proper representation um, where things just don't either jive for one reason or another. Um, It's feast or famine, right? Because Palm Beach itself is so high end. Those galleries, we're just, we don't have the names for those yet. mm -hmm. And then Lake Worth, it's, you know, there's some nice pieces around in Lake Worth, but it's also the expectation of the people that are buying there is not, it's not the highest price stuff or even really high end. It's stuff that just makes them happy, which is there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. But I feel like we fall in between the two mm-hmm. and finding somebody willing to invest the time to represent us is a little bit tricky. Yeah. Either they're not cost effective, the options um, I found, or um, th- there's political things. Sure. Or um, stability, like shops open and close um too quickly mm-hmm. um so so many things um and then i'm always worried if my work will be damaged if i'm not around or um well when you put your work in someone's hands i mean you you yeah. really gotta trust them so let's see what happens you know a year from now when maybe we're carrying a national reputation from this project where we've been able to build up a following we're still in the process of doing that but being able to do that and then having been able to report on and share the experiences of some of these residencies. I mean, as personal and as experiential as these residencies are for each of us, the real joy is going to be in sharing it. So even though we're going to be like at loggerhead, we would be off the grid. There's going to be cameras set up in the house. There's going to be a recorder running. We'll be doing the film, obviously, but also getting our thoughts down and trying to share the the real experience of it all. I keep saying the word experience, but... But the marrow of the... the oeuvre, I mm-hmm. guess. Boy, I went really nerdy on that one. <laughs> yeah. You're trying to get to the uh, to the heart of it, you know, to the meat of it. Exactly, and be able to share that with other people and have them see it, and which is really what I want to do and want to be able to shine this great light on the Tortugas and the National Park Service. You know, I, I hope that... I hope that that's, if we are able to do it, that that's what I achieve, that we bring some more recognition for it. Mm -hmm. Although we've talked about this before, it's a double-edged sword. Do you really want to make something so popular that it starts to get crowded? Well, um, it's going to be hard for it to to get that crowded because... um, Oh, the sheer distance and the the logistics of doing it is pretty difficult. And, you know, the... the more people that wanted to go there, of course, it would probably um, become more and more expensive um, to take that boat out there that I think only goes twice a day or yeah. something. Um, and it's a long trip. I mean, it's a good couple of, it's a couple of hours on that boat to get there and a couple of hours back. And you're exhausted when you do get back. I mean, it takes an entire day between the time you spend at Fort Jefferson, um, uh, which is near Loggerhead Key, um, by the time you spend four hours there or five hours there, and then you take and four hours of boat travel. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, that's a long day. <clears throat> and let's say you camp. I mean, it, it really 
uh, Kelly Clark, when we had her on, was really good at explaining the fact that while it is technically possible to stay longer than the three days that you're allowed to for the boat purpose, the reality is is that it's a carry-in, carry-out park. Mm-hmm. And unless you have resources to bring you stuff, you really you can't carry more than three days' worth of water and your supplies. So really three days. Now, I think three days would be a really great good length of time to try it. So, and I want to do that this winter to experience the Tortugas before I ever have the chance to set foot on Loggerhead Key and stay overnight and do some dark sky stuff and some motion with the camera and just document the place and get a real feel for it before, you know, we even find out even before the application goes in really. Mm -hmm. There's a couple other places I want to shoot. Um, I'm really interested in shooting Mayaka River State Park over by Sarasota. Clyde has done some amazing photography there, and I'd like to try my hand at that. And there's a bunch of other parks in the Everglades itself and in the area that I'd like to continue on and start doing some some work on uh, medium format film. I've been doing digital quite a bit, and I'd like to get back to shooting some black and white film. That'd be cool. Yeah, it's Clyde's backyard now. So yeah. You have to be there at least three weeks, I think, though, if you really want to get a feel for it. Well, I I took umbrage to that when he said it, but as I as I did the Pacific Northwest where we stopped for a place, every place we went, we had a couple of minutes at each place. I'm starting to agree. <laughs> so when you, I posted something today. Um, oh, someone posted where I should, what I should do while I'm in New York um, based on this, this thing I read on Google when I wasn't feeling well. Um, told me I needed to eat a bagel and I had to ride the subway. <laughs> and, uh, Sounds like the article may have been written by somebody who's never actually been to New York. And then and then I need to hang out in Washington Square Park, you know, to relax. And I thought, this is the weirdest. You know, there's so many things to do in New York, but these are the top 10 things that you have to do while you're there. So um, I did I did get that I need to go to Central Park and hang out at the fountain as the, as the sun comes up and the city starts to wake up. And um, you can't go wrong with that. Bethesda Fountain and the arcade there and when the light starts to come in through the arcade and bounces off of that ceiling, it's really, it's, it's definitely worth getting up early to be there. Yeah. Yeah. But I thought maybe I need to just pitch a tent and be there for three weeks. So I started thinking of Clyde time, you know, how much Clyde time do I need? Oh, they there? won't let you stay three weeks. <laughs> they'll, they'll have you out in handcuffs long before that. I look like a homeless person. Well, you're too natally attired to be a homeless person, but they'd still not let you stay. Ah. Uh. Anyway. Unless you tell them it's an art project. Maybe. Yeah, maybe it, you'd have to have a special permit, but yes, you probably could do that. Well, New York, you need a permit for anything that's got a tripod. Mm-hmm. That's like the the holy grail of New York City is if you you can walk around with a camera all you want. Um, the minute you take out a light stand or a tripod, they're looking for your permit. Wow, I didn't know that. It's cool. Yeah, I got a permit to shoot on early one Sunday morning at Grand Central Station and had the place to myself, and that was some of my favorite pictures I've ever taken. There were still a few people there, but it was wide open and a treat to shoot. But like every five minutes, one of the policemen would come up and go, you got a permit? Mm-hmm. Yeah, once once everyone had made the rounds and made sure I was who I was supposed to be, they were fine. Cool, cool. Yeah, I'm thinking I'm going to definitely check out the High Line while I'm there. Oh, the High Line's great. And then um, Battery Park, because um, William Merritt Chase painted in Battery Park in like 1902 or 1904. 
um, did some great paintings in Battery Park. It doesn't look like the same place from the pictures that I've right. seen recently. But used to have a huge fountain in the middle of it. I don't know if it still does. Well, one of my favorite sculptures is there. It was actually donated to the city and it had ended up in storage for years and years and years and finally found a home in Battery Park. And I wish I knew the name of the artist. I'm going to have to add it to the blog post when we when we post that tomorrow. Very cool. But it's called The Immigrants, and it's just fantastic. I, I've photographed it from every angle. I've spent just time just looking at it. I really need to go back and sketch it. It's just one of my favorites. And you probably know the answer to this. Um, so there's a subway train that I definitely want to ride. Um, it's above and below ground. It's the seven flushing um, train. Yeah, you're going to go to a Mets game. You, you can start at Grand Central or 42nd Street, and it'll go out to Queens. Yeah, there's like a, some some photos that I've seen that I think would be great vantage points for a painting of the train coming in because you get the city sort of behind it and the skyline of the city behind it. Um, so that's a, another thing I want to do while I'm there. I'm definitely going to ride that train while I'm there. Yeah, that's nifty. I like the ones where you're above ground for a bit and underground for a bit. That's some of my favorite rides. Yeah. So I'm doing my homework. I'm doing my homework. Good, good. Well, a Florida boy in New York City. I'm sure you will uh, get the most out of your time there. Make sure you have a pretzel. Oh, yeah. Okay, definitely. I do miss those salt pretzels. They're awesome. All right, so with that, we'd like to wish everybody a uh, really peaceful couple of weeks. And if you're South Florida friends, a easy weather time until we get back. We'll see you on the flip side. Look for us to do a new posting sometime in the week of September 16th and 17th. Stay tuned. Take care. Have a good one, everybody.